0: This is Sunday Rewind. Take it back now,
1: y'all. A now,
0: and if I could back on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Now, here are your hosts, Tom Stevens and Mike Melby. Welcome back. We are live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, and also on Allo Channel 9.0. He's Bach, Jake Bachhoven. I'm Tom Stevens. Mike Melby out this week on IR Homesick, but he'll be back uh, next week. We do this show every Sunday, 5 to 7. It's called Husker Rewind. And we talk about Husker sports. Going to talk some volleyball within the next 20 minutes with Tanya Taki, one of the great middle blockers of all time. She played for Terry Pettit and Coach Cook, two Hall of Famers. So... Uh, she'll weigh in on a sweep this weekend. Actually, not a sweep. Nebraska has now lost one set this year. They've only lost one set this year. They're 7-0, but we'll find out more because on Tuesday, they take on Stanford and Kentucky to follow that. But with such a young team, they are playing some great volleyball, and they are so much fun to watch. Uh, if they're on TV, I'm watching. Or if they're at the Advantage Center and I, get, and I can get a ticket, I'm getting one. Uh, we do this as much as we can during the season. It's called Big Ten, Big Ten Blitz. The Big Ten Blitz. The Big Ten Blitz. The Big Ten Blitz. The Big Ten Blitz. Going through all the games this weekend. Indiana, they get a win. They're 1-1. One one. They beat Indiana State, a terrible football team, but they do win. <laughs> Uh, Indiana actually had 560 total yards in that win. And they didn't look bad against Ohio State. So, we'll see if Tom Allen can get it rolling for the Hoosiers. Maybe they make a bowl game uh, this year. KU over Illinois. One of the big upsets of the week and not really an upset. Uh, I think you might have predicted Kansas anyway to win that game. 34-23, they do win. Jalen Daniels, their quarterback, throws for 277, two scores. Uh, Devin Neal has 120 yards rushing, and KU wins it. They have 100, or 262 yards overall rushing, two TDs. Illinois, surprising, Bach. They only get 139 yards on the ground. I thought, I thought they would be a better rushing team this year, but the, you might be concerned if you're an Illinois right. fan uh, about their inability to run the football so far. Ohio State improves to 2-0, and but they have not looked great so far. I don't know if they have a quarterback. Even though Kyle McCord threw for 258 and three TDs, Ohio State can't run the football. They're another team that cannot run the football. Ran 27 times for 123, 4.6 versus an FCS school. I know it was Youngstown, who's traditionally pretty good. Bo Pelini's old school. But um, I didn't think that was very impressive. But Ohio State has so much five-star talent that it doesn't really matter. They can show up kind of when they want to and still win. Uh, Penn State, 63-7 to over Delaware. Drew Alar. Is that how it's pronounced, Bach? Yeah. Drew percent. Alar. Uh, 22 of 26 for 204, one TD. Penn State also rushed for 315 yards and six TDs. Penn State might be the best team in the league.
2: They could be, especially with with Ohio State kind of struggling out of the gate. I'd still have to lean toward Michigan, but it is interesting. It's kind of you know they're always slotted in at third. I gotta wait till they actually you know do something against those other two opponents to to move them up. But they they are looking good so far. You mentioned Michigan;
0: they beat UNLV thirty five to seven. JJ McCarthy, a really good day throwing twenty two of twenty five, two seventy eight, two TDs. Michigan though only rushed for one hundred and seventy nine yards, and that's their bread and butter. Uh, That was the second game of the three-game suspension for Jim Harbaugh. He'll be back just in time for Nebraska. (laughs) Great. Yeah, perfect. Um, Purdue over Virginia Tech, 24-17. Hudson Card is pretty good. The transfer from Texas, 23 of 34, 248, one rushing TD. Uh, There was heavy rain in Blacksburg yesterday. Four inches of rain caused a five-hour and 27-minute delay, but they got it in. No Akron time. Uh, for Purdue. They win, and they go one and one Iowa, they win over Iowa State, the Cy-Hawk Trophy. Is that what they call it? That's right, yeah. Uh, Your favorite team in the world, Iowa, wins over (laughs) Iowa State. Cade McNamara is not looking great yet. Uh, And he was a little maybe banged up going into the season. We'll see how it progresses for him. But he talked about his love for Kirk Ferentz after the game. It was kind of weird. 12 of 22, (laughs) 123, one
2: pick. Trump. Donald Trump was Donald on Trump hand was there. for that game. Yeah.
0: yeah, he was there for that game. That was
2: the, the joker of the weekend. Who's the most conservative man in the building, Trump or Ferentz? <laughs> <laughs> Who is? I don't know. That's a I tough call.
0: <laughs> we'll have that debate off the air. Iowa <laughs> rushes for only 112 yards. You know, Brian Ferentz has that thing in his contract where the team has to average 25 points for him to keep his job. They're averaging 22 so
2: far through two games. But they're 2-0, and oh, so it's it's weird. Yeah, but what happens if they go
0: undefeated, but he doesn't get to 25 (laughs) points? I don't know. They have to fire him. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Mom,
2: dad (laughs) fired
0: me. Uh, Michigan State over Richmond, 45-14. Noah Kim, who, interesting note, DP coached in high school, coached baseball Mm. and football in high school. Uh, He was 18 of 22 for 392, three TDs. DP always said Nebraska could have had Noah Kim if they would have wanted him. Um, Michigan State... Rush for 162, and now they might be looking for a new coach. We'll see. If you haven't heard the news, Mel Tucker suspended today. Sexual assault allegations. Uh, We'll see how that pans out. We'll see how quickly that Michigan State decides to move on that. Northwestern over UTEP. Northwestern has a win, but Nebraska doesn't. Northwestern (laughs) beat UTEP 38-7. Ben Bryant. Uh, Came in, I believe, at halftime at quarterback. He was not great, but he did throw for a TD. He rushed for a TD. Northwestern ran for 184 and three TDs. Uh, And it's their first win since they beat
2: Nebraska last year. They had lost 18 of their last 19. And, you, I mean, UTEP's not great, but that was a 5-7 and seven team last year. So, it's, I mean, it wasn't, uh, yeah. you know, it's, it's not a 1-11 or an FCS program or something. So, that's actually a pretty impressive victory. When Fitz stepped down, I thought they may not win a game this yeah. year. But, but they won a game uh,
0: yesterday. Washington State with the big upset of the weekend over Wisconsin, number 19 previously, 19 Wisconsin, 32-21. to 21. Cameron Ward, the quarterback for Washington State, who doesn't have a home, right now it's the Pac-2. It's That's right, yeah. Oregon State, and it's Oregon State and Washington State. We'll see if somebody invites uh, Washington State into their league. Maybe the Big Twelve will. Uh, Cameron Ward had a nice day passing two TDs. He also ran for about forty five yards. Tanner Mordecai, I don't know, two fumbles, two seventy eight. But Wisconsin has become what Nebraska was. Uh, I know Wisconsin had a big day rushing last week. They rushed twenty nine times, Bach for ninety yards. Mm. 90 yards
2: rushing for wisconsin yeah that's what i mean i've said it all along i don't know i don't i just don't think they should be deviating from what works at wisconsin i know they feel like they've hit a ceiling or something there and, and luke Fickle's certainly a good coach to kind of give it a try you know on his defensive side of the ball but yeah i mean i i, I kind of ex- somewhat expected i actually predicted this um that wisconsin would lose that game and um Look at you go. Yeah, look you at me. You predicted that? I knew that, yeah. Uh, yeah you should ask me. I knew that. <laughs> How much money have, did you take to Vegas in bet on that game? If you uh, knew no. that. Yeah. You bet the house? I missed some other games, but I won't I won't bring those up.
0: <laughs> Maryland over Charlotte, uh, 38-20. Talia Tungabaiola, 25-36, 287. He did have a... Couple of picks in that game, but Maryland made up for it. They rushed for 243. They win it. Who knows what any of these games mean, but they beat Charlotte. Minnesota over Eastern Michigan, 25 to 6. You mentioned it. Minnesota rushes for 296 yards and two TDs. Ethan Kaliakmanis did not have a big game. He only threw 15 times, but he didn't throw any picks. Oh, yeah, he threw one. He only threw one pick in that game. But Minnesota kind of does this they bore you to death. But they win a lot of games doing that. They win twenty-six or twenty-five to six. Rutgers wins again. They're two and zero. They beat Temple thirty-six to seven. Rutgers rushes for two hundred fifty-four yards and three TDs. Gavin Winsett, uh, their quarterback, one ninety-eight
2: and a TD. A little fun fact about that game. Uh, you know who, who Temple's offensive coordinator is? Uh, Mike Riley. Danny Lingsdorf. You weren't Danny too far Lings- off. Uh, really? Yeah. Oh,
0: wow. Uh, I wasn't too far off. No, Mike Riley, I knew that he wasn't the offensive coordinator. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, so ranking the teams, I've got Penn State number one. Who do you have number one in the in the? Well, actually, let's go to the bot. Okay. Let, no, no, but let's start at the we'll top. Start, I think it's more. Fascinating
2: to start at the top, because well, then you got yeah. see, to see where Nebraska's ranked. <laughs> That's right,
0: yeah. Uh, at the top, I'm going to go with Penn State. But you you like Michigan?
2: Yeah, I've I, I still got to keep those top two the way. I've got Michigan number one.
0: i got Michigan at number two. Who's your number two team? Ohio State. You still have Ohio State number two? Uh, oh, I've yeah. got
2: Ohio State number three. It's fair. It's fair. I, I, I kind of stick to until I see otherwise. But Penn State's looked pretty good so far. I, got I, think, them I think Ohio State's got quarterback problems,
0: and yeah. they can't run the football. Uh, they, they're loaded with talent and their defense is pretty good. So they can overcome it because they've got so much talent. Uh, number four, I've got Iowa for some reason.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, there's a big drop off after the top three. There's, I have, I have, Iowa. As well. I mean,
0: you could take four through 14 and just throw them into a bowl and mix them up.
2: Well, to be fair to some of those top teams, I don't know about 14, but <laughs> maybe four through 10,
0: four through 10. Yeah. I think that's fair. I've got Maryland at number five. I don't know why.
2: I do too because I like their upside, but they did let Charlotte hang around. That was the, the for some reason that game was on NBC, and they let them hang around for too long. Uh, Rutgers is number six for me just because they're two and zero. Oh. That's not bad. Rutgers has looked pretty good so far. I I, I have them ranked a little lower. I've got uh, I actually have Minnesota ranked there. Um, yeah. But uh, I, again, this is where the drop off starts for me. I don't. You can put these teams wherever you want. Right. to. To yeah. be fair to Iowa and Maryland, I'd probably have a, have a little spot for them. But after that. Eight, this is a mess Eight through 14. Doesn't really even matter. Yeah. Does it?
0: Uh, although I'll say that at number eight, I'm going, or seven, I should say we had Rutgers at number six at number seven. I've got Michigan state
2: and that's fair. They've won their game so far. Uh, I still have Wisconsin. I, I at least think it was a respectable loss to Washington state. Uh, I've got Minnesota at number eight. Fair enough. I've got Purdue there, um, and surprisingly, I didn't expect to have Purdue this high, um, but that was a good win against Virginia Tech, and they only lost to Fresno State, it was solid by four. And I've got Purdue there
0: uh, at number nine, number nine at mm. Purdue. Uh, then I'll just go through them. Wisconsin, yeah. number 10, Illinois, number 11, Indiana, number 12, Northwestern, number 13, Nebraska, 14. <laughs> well, you've got to put Nebraska there, right? I don't think they're the 14th best team in this league. I actually think they're better than Northwestern, and they're probably better than Indiana. Um, But I don't know who
2: else they would be better than. Well, and and it's such a mess. I mean, it it can change pretty quickly. That's the good news for Nebraska. Uh, and once they get a play, you know, maybe you get two wins, you're sitting at two and two after after you know four weeks, and we can feel a lot better about it. Right now, I agree with you. You can't put them too much higher. I would probably still have them. I think I just have them above Northwestern, um, and that's a lot of it, just the doubt. But Northwestern actually at least went out and took care of business when, for what they needed to. Um, Nebraska, I mean, if you rank defenses, I'd feel a lot better about this list. But as far as teams overall, Nebraska looks like a bit of a mess. Again, though, I will say this. The sky's not completely falling. I think the, the matchup with Minnesota, um, you know, they beat the spread there. That was a nine-win team. Colorado, once again, I'll, I'll reiterate, I think that's one of the better teams on Nebraska's schedule. So, though they, it was blowout and then it was ugly, um, I don't think that's going to happen too much more for the rest of the season. Uh, we're going to talk a little volleyball. With Tanya Taki, one of the great middle blockers
0: in Nebraska volleyball history. I went to the volleyball match at Memorial Stadium. Did you? Yeah, 92,003, and I was sitting with my two buddies, and we decided that we were the three. Yeah, well, you would. Yeah, (laughs) we were the three uh, that really broke the record. Uh, Not that that would have taken us three, because they had already broken the record with 90,000. But it was kind of fun to say that we had broken the record with the three. Um, This is a team. I don't know how much volleyball you've watched, Bach, this year but they're starting three freshmen. They're starting Harper Murray, the number one recruit in the country. They're starting Bergen Riley, the number one setter in the country, both just out of high school. You know, last year they were in, playing in high school. Uh, and they're starting at many cases, not all the time, but most cases they're starting Andy Jackson uh, who at, in the middle. And she is a dynamo. I mean, she can leap out of the gym I, I don't know if it's ever happened, and we'll ask this. I don't, I'm not sure Tanya even knows the answer to it. But I wonder if anybody in the history of college volleyball has won a national
2: title with three freshmen starting. Mm. And, that, I mean, it, it, they've been mixing them in the last couple of years, too. I, I mean, it might not be as many as three, but, I mean, I think that just shows the recruiting that they've been able to, you know, they've really been able to get the top classes in the last couple of years. And I think with that, um, that showing at Nebraska Volleyball Day, um, they're gonna you have your pick of the litter.
0: Yeah, um, Mike Krzyzewski used to say it all the time at Duke. We don't really recruit. We kind of select. Yeah. And John Cook said that as well in a different way. He says we interview about 10 of the best volleyball players every year. And then we we select the ones we want. <laughs>
2: oh, man. That sounds I, they don't good. always get them. I mean, right, yeah. some of the better players will
0: choose a Stanford. They'll choose Wisconsin. They'll yeah. choose somebody else. They might go to Texas. Um. But he kind of said that, and I, I don't think he was bragging. He was just stating the fact. I think was it three years in a row Nebraska got the top ranked volleyball player in the country.
2: Yeah,
0: Bergen uh, Harper Murray is going to be incredible. Bergen Riley's right there next year. Skyler Pierce is coming, the number one recruit, and she was at volleyball night as well. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's something in this era of NIL that I was not sure that Nebraska could get away with because. You're getting so many girls because of COVID that have turned 23, 24, even 25. And Wisconsin kind of built their team on it a couple of years ago with girls that were 23, 24 uh, years old. And it's just a different level uh, when you have talent, but also the experience to go with it. It's rare what we're seeing, I think, in college volleyball for girls that are 18, 19 years old to play at this level. The thing that I worry a little bit about Nebraska volleyball is: do they peak too early? Because they they've lost one set, and I understand. Yeah, the the best team that that they played so far is Creighton, and that was the team that took one set from them. Other, we'll find out more. Uh, but if they go through and sweep Stanford mm. on Tuesday, uh the fifth ranked or fifth ranked team of the country, then you're then you're talking about.
2: You're talking about a team that's... I mean, now the questions are disappearing. Well, and I think, too, I mean, I, we, we have fun with this. And I know the two... I think the 2000 team was the only one that John Cook had go undefeated. There will be a time where we may feel... Ah, Nebraska got defeated at some point. It's not, not going to happen ever again. Yeah, it's not going to happen Not in every the Big game. Ten. No. That's, I, and that's what they got. Stanford coming up and the Big Ten coming around the corner. Yeah. They'll probably drop a few games, but, um, you know, you talk about peaking too soon. He's usually got them going by the time, right. you know, tournament time's going, so. They're never going to go undefeated again. I, I don't think any team will mm-hmm. in, in these types of conferences.
0: It, it would be like saying Nebraska went undefeated and won the national title in 2025 with that schedule. Yeah. yeah. In football, like that's that would be the hardest schedule ever put. I mean, if somebody went undefeated, that's the hardest schedule ever played in the history of college football, wouldn't you think? Yeah, I mean, yeah. it'll be right
2: up there. They're going to play mean, UCLA.
0: Yeah. They're going to play USC. They're going to play Ohio State. They're going to be playing Michigan. <laughs> I mean, that's that's going to be ridiculous. This Nebraska and team, maybe, no, and maybe and maybe Oregon, yeah, and maybe Oregon and Washington. What if that?
2: I mean, and then obviously, if you're in that conversation, you got to play the Big Ten championship game. Yeah, I think that. We're going to start grading
0: sports differently, especially football differently. I mean, if if you get through the SEC and you're 8-4, and four, that's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, and that's what it's going to be like, the gauntlet, that's going to be like in the Big Ten. It's already a gauntlet. It beats you up anyway. Uh, but the schedule in 24 and 25 is going to be ridiculous.
2: Well, and that's why I, I kind of am enjoying, as a you're college football traditionalist, I suppose, I am enjoying this last year Alabama goes down. It means the world right now to college football. Next year, it won't mean that much. It, it'll be like, like the Chiefs losing in week one. You know, right. it'll be, you know, they, they can afford two or three losses and probably still make the playoffs. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm still loving this last year yeah. of college football where Clemson loses and you're like, well, Clemson's done. You mentioned it, so I'll
0: bring it up. Uh, Texas loses or beats Alabama, so Alabama falls. Clemson already falled, fell uh, to Duke. Which is crazy to me. Although Dabo's been struggling over the last couple of yeah. years with losses like that, Washington
2: State beats Wisconsin. Will this be the year of the upset? You think? I think so. I, I mean, I because a lot of your your teams, like we mentioned with Ohio State too. I mean, there's a lot of just a lot of talent left. The top programs at quarterback. Yeah. And they're kind of dealing with some problems there. I, I, I think Georgia's got an easy enough schedule. I don't know if it'll come up and bite them. But all the off-season problems they've had. But they, they do have a lot of... Yeah, yeah, so I mean, they're getting a different guy arrested every week. Sometimes he's on the team. Sometimes he's a coaching yeah. staff. You never know. <laughs> uh, but uh, it's... I I think that we're going to end for a rocky ride of college football, hopefully, and maybe like 2007, the last year of the true college football, um, at least, again, traditionally, where the regular season matters as much. It'd be nice to have it go out with uh, absolutely no idea of who's going to the playoff because everybody keeps losing.
0: Uh, One of our favorite guests on this show, Tanya Taki, uh, one of the great middle blockers in Nebraska volleyball history, played for Terry Pettit and for John Cook. We talked volleyball with her. Uh, every year during the volleyball season. And it's the volleyball season, so we'll talk volleyball with her coming up next. He's Jake Bockhoven. I'm Tom Stevens. More after this. This is Sunday Rewind on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back. Tom Stevens, Jake Bockhoven, Mike Melby, sitting out today he's on the ir uh not feeling great but he will be back next week Husker rewind every sunday five to seven i was just thinking about this jake nebraska is seven and zero in volleyball they've lost one set i mean how many times tanya have you been on teams that won seven games in a row probably did at nebraska where you you only dropped one set
1: you know, I played back in the day when we um, when we had to serve to score. That's and right. We there were games where we played where the other team only scored three points. Hmm. So, like the whole match. Oh wow! But I Would have to say that there were definitely like I, I don't know there were definitely you know routes in there, but I don't know seven like to only drop a set in seven matches or seven matches that's pretty good.
0: Are you glad that they went to rally scoring? It makes it a better game, doesn't it?
1: I mean, I'm glad for the TV coverage because, you know, now they can kind of predict. They basically say that for rallies, to plan on a minute per point because just the other team scores 10 or 20. Just plan on a minute per point, and that's about what a game goes. And so then the TV coverage can plan a little better. You know, this was back in the day when – you know, you didn't get to just push the button and watch what you wanted to watch. It was like during regular TV scheduling where you had to, you only could have a window of two hours or a window of two and a half hours. But there would be games that would go like five hours, right? Because you don't score unless you're serving, so that can that can take a really long time.
0: Yeah, I got. So things, I do
1: like it for that.
0: Yeah, that's that's a lot of volleyball. <laughs> I love volleyball, but I like the fact that sometimes I can go to a Husker volleyball game. And I'm there for an hour, and it's great. And Nebraska's won, and I can go have a beer.
1: It's great, right? That's that's uh, that's the the point of it.
0: Yeah. Um, Nebraska has three freshmen, and we talked about this a little bit going to the break. In uh, Bergen Riley, the setter, Harper Murray, uh, outside hitter, Andy Jackson in the middle. I don't remember the last team that won a national title, and you know Nebraska hasn't done that, and they may not. It's a very good chance they won't. But w- do you remember a team? In recent years, there's years that it's won a national title with three starting freshmen? Well, we actually have four. Lainey Choboy starts. Yeah, well, she does as well. Doesn't play yeah, as often. So but it's, yeah,
1: so um, it's pretty intense. I I mean, I don't know enough about, like, the Stanford, you know, history. and have to say that in, you know, the, the national champion is going to have a, a senior class. It just seems like that is the case um just from what I remember in the last 25 30 years but that doesn't say that anything I mean it's 2023 anything is possible and coach Cook just said we just made the impossible possible so I'm not going to put anything past this team I mean at the beginning of the season if you would have told me that going into Sanford I thought we'd have a chance to win I'd be like no way but after I went to the Kansas State away game um got to sit in the second row and saw a lot of good you know, connections happening and, you know, developing players. And then I saw that got better um, in the Long Beach game. So, I mean, I'm feeling pretty good about our chances with Stanford. Like, I feel like we have a chance. We're not going to get smoked.
0: Uh, you maybe have one of the best, better, you know, diggers uh, in Nebraska volleyball history. Certainly one of the best diggers in Nebraska volleyball history in Lexi Rodriguez. Uh, you talked about the freshman class. Uh, you're still in a debate. Is it, uh, is it Krause or is it Batenhorst? I think that's a little bit of, you know, a mystery going forward. Who wins that battle ultimately? Uh, but this feels like a team that doesn't have a lot of holes. Is there is there any danger in peaking too early in your mind?
1: I mean, I don't think in with freshmen like this, I don't know that we're gonna peak at all this season, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. But we can we're gonna hit this point where we're like okay, we peaked too early now, we're only getting worse. Like, Harper Murray's only going to get better and smarter and faster and stronger. And, like, she played at a different level against Long Beach. Like, she played angry. Like, she missed a dig off of a block that went all the way out of bounds, and she, like, slapped the floor in front of the band because she didn't touch it. And I'm like, dude, let's play that angry all the time. Like, let's go. So I mean I think these freshmen have are just getting their connections and their relationships and their like there's so many things that they're they everything is a first and all like I don't know that they've settled in like I don't know that you settle in until you know you get done with the Big Ten and you just you can't breathe out it's just you're intense you're you know you're just going hard for however many months I don't know that they're gonna peak.
2: What's well, interesting too, and you mentioned your your expectations have risen after watching the first uh, seven games for for Husker volleyball. Um, obviously, we mentioned also this is a, it's kind of a young team. Nebraska fans are just used to year in and year out expecting a title. What is that a fair expectation this year?
1: I mean, I think that um, Nebraska volleyball fans, um, you know, we we went through five years with Nicklin Hames as a setter, and you know, we you know outdid what we thought. With, mm-hmm the at the helm and i think everybody's excited about what we could do with bergen you know taking the reins and so do we can we feel and taste a national championship while our freshmen are here absolutely are we going to be okay if it's not this year i think everybody's okay everybody's just so glad we're playing such high level volleyball with so much potential in the same year that we had ninety-two thousand fans, like the volleyball community is riding a huge high right now, and then you have the football team like crumbling. <laughs> and nobody cares? Like I don't. I don't even. I don't even know how to describe the flip flop from nineteen ninety five to two thousand three twenty three. Sorry, two thousand twenty three. Of how volleyball versus football, volleyball versus football. It's just the most wildest thing I've ever seen.
0: Oh, at times it feels like maybe the volleyball team should be playing at Memorial stadium and the football team should be playing at th- that. No, that's uh, that wouldn't be, that wouldn't be right. But the uh, volleyball obviously, <laughs> yeah, obviously, well, obviously got away with it, uh, set a record that even the football team has it uh, set. I mean, that's the biggest crowd at Memorial stadium, period football, anything. Um, you mentioned Bergen Riley sure. and uh, she's so good. Um, is she the most important player on this team for you?
1: Um, I mean, I feel like when she's connecting with all of our hitters, we're running a pretty fast offense. I know that, you know, if you listen to the radio broadcast or announcers, you know, people are talking about how fast we're shooting the outside set. And when we're doing that and she's able to make connections with our hitters, um, it's just something special. Like, it's just like, finally, it's like this, like when thunder and lightning hit at the same time and it's just this connection, it's just we haven't had that for a long time. Like we had Horde a four time, all American come here and we couldn't set her. Mm-hmm. We could never connect with her. Right. And now we have connections happening and it's just like, yes, yes. Like I didn't even have any words for Andy Jackson on a slide. Yeah. I just, I was just like hands down, like worshiping her. It's like, I don't know what else to do. It's amazing. And yeah. it's only going to get better.
0: Yeah. And she and Becca Alec seem to have found a bit of a connection and uh, obviously, I, I really like Beeson hitting from the middle. The, that middle yeah. attack has made Nebraska a different team. Uh, they're more dangerous with that middle attack, I think.
1: Yes. I mean, having another player as an option to come out of the middle and smash a ball like that, that's pretty, that's pretty great.
0: Yeah. Um, what do you think about Stanford Tuesday night? Uh, what's going to happen in your mind?
1: I mean, I don't know that we come out with a W necessarily, but I don't know that we have to. Um, it just—I just would like it to be a good game. I would like our girls to walk out of there and say, "See ya in December," type of a thing. Mm-hmm. You know, to, um, it's just a really good chance for us to say, "This is where we're at. and This is where we want to go." And if we pull off a win in the process, great. But if we don't, it's not—it's not, it's not going to be the defining you know, part of the season, unless, you know, we take that as, Hey, this is where we want to be. It was a great battle we lost and we're going to push forward and we'll see in December. But I mean, there are some great teams out there right now. Florida is on some sort of another level. Texas should be, they always are, but they're kind of faltering. And then you have Wisconsin who's always great and doing great. So it's like, we, we got to be better than, four we gotta pick four <laughs> yeah. that we need to be the best better than we have four four final four out there so who are we going to beat to get there
0: yeah well they've got kentucky this uh this next week on the 17th i think that's uh that's next saturday uh after sunday. St- or sunday after stanford so that's going to be a fun week of volleyball we'll have you back on sunday to talk about the week sounds great uh, there you go uh thanks tanya You're the best. Yes. Uh, Tanya Taki, uh, one of the great middle blockers in Nebraska volleyball history, joins us on the show. It's just – it's such a fast sport. I guess that's what I like about volleyball. Um, And when you have a setter like Bergen Riley who can – you don't know where the ball's going. She's like that great point guard with the the behind-the-back pass. Mm -hmm. Uh, She can set it behind her. Uh, She's got – eyes in the back of her head. She's learning to set Andy Jackson at a higher level. Uh, she's got Merritt Beeson in the middle uh, that she's really set in at, you know, cause Merritt used to just be an outside hitter and, and just bang away. But now she's set her setting her in the middle. You've got Andy Jackson. Uh, I like the chemistry with Becca Alec. Um, I, I just think Nebraska has so many options, maybe more options than I've, I've seen in years. And that's saying something when you're talking about Nebraska volleyball, Uh, But they do have four freshmen. That's good in that the future looks really bright. It's bad in that you might have to wait a little bit. I mean, because Rome wasn't built in a day, and, and these girls are only getting better and better. But I can't imagine how good they're going to be even next year or at the end of the season.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's fun to, to watch this team kind of progress and kind of get there. And it's, it's cool just like listening to the conversation, um, you know, how many names kind of get dropped over the last couple of years at times. And, I, you know, I, I think everybody contributes, but there's kind of those those names, like she mentioned, the Nicklin names or Kinsey yeah. Knuckles or, you know, names that just kind of dominate the yeah. volleyball conversation. And right now you can just kind of throw a lot lot out there. So, you know, it seems to be a pretty well-rounded team. Uh, the thing I like about them is they don't seem to be intimidated
0: because they've been playing against the best of the best and these you know, junior national teams since they were so young. They've always played against the best, so what's somebody else that's the best? Yeah. I mean, what, what does that mean to you when you face the best your entire life? It's like these McDonald, McDonald's
2: All-Americans that go to Duke every year. Nothing phases them when they get to college. It's weird. It is weird. Just kind of when you compare that to the other sports and you think of the Dukes and football, the Ohio States and Ohio States and football, Dukes and basketball, you know, and, and you know, that conversation when, when somebody comes in, they're not, you can't, you're not, committing to to Nebraska volleyball, thinking, okay, well, here's a chance at playing time. I mean, maybe, but you're going to have to fight it out, and you're going to have to fight it out against the best to to get any sort of action. So, um, you know, for Nebraska to be that program um, is incredible, and and we'll see it moving forward. Again, I think that, you know, the volleyball world is just on fire after watching Nebraska fill up Memorial Stadium. And and so, I mean, I don't see this thing dying down anytime soon. Like you said, it's a young team. um, So... I mean, the future is bright. The past was uh, bright. The present's bright. I mean, it's all it's all good in Nebraska volleyball. I've talked to diehard football fans that were there for volleyball night
0: with ninety ninety thousand ninety two thousand three 92,003, that said that was the best experience they had in Memorial Stadium ever, mm-hmm. including football. And that made me a little happy and a little sad <laughs> at the same time um, because I hope uh, – I remember some pretty good times at Memorial Stadium growing up yeah. watching games there. Um
2: it wasn't my favorite experience, but it was way up there. Do you it think, was way up there. Now obviously they wouldn't get that crowd if they do every home game, but do you think if they go you know invite a Wisconsin or even a Creighton, you know, a big time top twenty-five matchup, you could get a similar crowd? Yeah, I think so. I think they I could. I think
0: you tell Nebraska fans to show up on the moon, and they'll do it. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> they'll just do it. <laughs> um, ask Bach. I'll I'll ask you some questions about college football, maybe a few about Colorado what Nebraska should do but we'll just uh, spend the final segment uh, going around the college football landscape we'll do that coming up next this is Sunday Rewind on 937 the ticket and the ticketfm.com final segments Husker Rewind every Sunday 5 to 7 been a fun show. Jake Bachhoven sitting in today for Mike Melby, who'll be back next week uh, on the IR this week. This is kind of an ask. We used to do Ask Bach all the time. That's right. Because uh, Jake Bachhoven is a is a college football dude. I mean, he knows everything about everything uh, as far as college <laughs> football is concerned. Uh, this is more local stuff, though. I, I do, We haven't gotten this to this uh, question so far tonight. It was a bit of controversy. Apparently, it's the way that. Deion Sanders motivated his team going into the Nebraska game. But Shadur Sanders said that uh, Matt Rule disrespected Pops. Dion with some of the comments he made in the offseason about uh, relying heavily on the transfer portal, which Colorado did, brought in 84 new players. And uh, I, I don't remember specifically what Rule said, something like, you know, it's just not the way we do business, um, to paraphrase. He also stood apparently on the Buffalo at the 50-yard line as Nebraska was going through their pregame ceremonies. And I don't know how much of this. I think a lot of this is just to motivate guys. I remember a story, and Colorado's always had this, where guys will make up stories just to motivate their teammates. I I think it was... uh, Trying to think of an offensive lineman. It was uh, Zach Wiegert who might have come up with this. Uh, who's who said that Colorado had pipe cutters to, 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 <laughs> to cut the pipeline? They brought oh, nice. pipe cutters yeah. on the airline or something like that. And they were trying to, you know, the pipeline. They were yeah. trying to, and he made up the story. He completely made up the <laughs> story. Did. They, Colorado didn't have pipe cutters, <laughs> um, but he made up the story and. The offensive lineman got really mad, and they dominated Colorado. It was ninety four, ninety five. I think it was ninety four that he might have come up with that story, or ninety five when they played at Colorado. But I think this is made up by Shadur. that, like, he's trying to find something about Matt Rule that he doesn't like, and it's easy to not like him
2: because Matt Rule said this thing about the transfer portal and how Dion was building his team. Well, I mean, I think throughout the offseason, there were like, <coughs> there were. I mean, there were, there's a lot of people that were asked about. Dion and what he was doing and Matt rules not the type to just say well we respect color you know he'll actually give you an answer so I mean I think through that you could find ways to be offended if you wanted to remember Tony Kornheiser and Michael Wilbon just brought it you know they he said something somewhat indirectly about Dion Sanders and they, they brought it up to make it this huge thing and so I mean I don't I don't necessarily think there was too much as far as like a personal shot but that's what Dion says says it's personal and and we're all kind of wondering like I'm glad he's taking that because it is the rivalry I don't know how it's quite personal but now we kind of see how it was they just I think they just kind of maneuvered some words around to make it sound like like, like Nebraska was He's you know a majorly against Colorado and yeah and, I, and it worked and I think it was a good idea and we heard all week from Colorado fan you know Colorado players about they hate Nebraska and sometimes they don't know why but at least they hate Nebraska and so I think he motivated them well I don't know if Nebraska did quite as much of that maybe I would like to see more of that but I don't, also don't mind being the bad guy. If it is true, so be it. I love rivalries. where I would yeah. love Colorado and Nebraska meeting at the 50. Isn't Miami-Nebraska one of your favorite
0: college football rivalries oh, of yeah. all time? Yeah. And When they came back to Memorial Stadium, was it 2012? 2014. 14. Think, or 2014. Yeah, Remember 14. all the smack talk that happened on Twitter yeah. that week? It was great. Yeah. And Brock Huard, his call, you could tell he was on Nebraska's side and the fact that Amir was having such a big game and Nebraska was just ramming it down their throat. And he was was joyous about it because of all the smack talk delivered by Miami. That's what makes college football great is the smack talk. In fact, to some degree, I miss Brian Bosworth. I miss Mm. Broderick Thomas. Broderick Thomas, of course, for the young kids that don't remember back in the 80s, late 80s, nobody comes into our house and takes the keys to our house. And then Oklahoma did every year. Yeah, they did do that too. Uh, They did. And then he and Boz would get into the, you know, and there was no social media at that time. They had to yeah. do it through the media. Um, but I, I kind of miss that. I mean, it's, it's what makes college football great. And if he has to do that, if he has to use uh,
2: some made-up story to get his team a little angry, fine. Well, and, and just to, to to add to those rivalries, though, I mean, Nebraska needs any sort of any sort of life, and I suppose you could argue that the win against Iowa last year was that. Um, I mean, I it depends on how much you you really enjoyed that. I know some people really did. To me, it, it stopped Iowa from getting to the Big Ten West, but it was at the end of a, an era, uh, a, a short era, albeit in Mickey Joseph. So, I mean. I would have taken a win against, uh, from a permanent coach would have been nice. But yeah. in any case, my, my point is Nebraska's now lost three in a row to Colorado. What is it? Eight or nine to Wisconsin. Seven out of eight to, to Iowa. I mean, just all the they games that a, you really want. They're not winning against any of their rivals. They haven't beat a ranked team in 22 tries. Yeah.
0: I mean, let that sink
2: in. Yeah. That's um, a lot. And we've been there for all of them.
0: <laughs> we've sat down and watched all of them. And, and they were always in, it seemed like, every one of them. Yeah. I mean, there were a few where Ohio State just yeah. dominated or Michigan dominated. But they were in a lot of those games and had a chance to win. I mean, just by pure luck, by happenstance, you're going to win three of those games, right? Yeah. It, it's almost impossible not to win one of those 22 games against ranked opponents. I mean, it's, it's, that's how bad it is. And I've often said this over the last five years. Nebraska doesn't need coaches. They need a team of psychiatrists because what they're dealing with right now is not as much physical as it is mental.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It really is. It, you can see it. You can see it in big moments where guys – remember the quote from Mark Whipple last year? I don't, think if these, I don't think that these guys think they can win. Yeah, And that's true. You can see it on their faces, especially when games get tight. And I don't think they're trying to blow games. Sometimes it's an impossible play that happens right at the end of a game where Daniel Jackson makes a incredible catch against a cornerback who was slightly fooled on a play, and he has to get his foot in, and he does. Yeah. And a pass has to be exactly where it was, and the officials have to not call a penalty, which they didn't. I mean, all those things have to happen for – Minnesota to win that game. <laughs> but who ha- and if I told you who that happened to without mentioning the name of the team you would say Nebraska.
2: Well, and I, I think too, it's funny because I was talking to Harrison about it too. Is that kind of his sense in, in you know on being on message boards or on on social media? Is you remember a time when like people would really be happy that Nebraska lost because Nebraska beat everybody, especially in the Big Eight fan bases for like thirty five straight years. Yeah. So beating Nebraska meant something. Watching Nebraska fans kind of struggle meant something. It was kind of fun to poke fun at. Now, more than anything, you just get people telling you, like, I feel bad for you guys. How does it, you just watching week after week, you get your hopes up. You, you know, the, I think the volleyball uh, crowd right. kind of, you know, what? put a little more spotlight on Nebraska's fans It's just like, what's what? How do you guys do this? I had a friend that was
0: so hot at poker one night that he got he got four of a kind and folded it because he felt so bad that he was taking everybody's money. I wish another team would just do that, that they felt so bad for Nebraska <laughs> that they, they were going in at the one-yard line they'd just take a knee. Just give us a break. Just give us a break. Because we would do that without try, But we wouldn't be trying to do that. Yeah. We, we would do it. we find a way to do that. Unintentionally, we would do that. Um, one more question. Do you think, before we take off, we've got about three minutes left in the show, and there's going to be no finish line tonight.
2: No, uh, we're gonna replay uh, a Husker Extra Hour. If you missed it, um, previous for this show, it's the initial Husker Extra Hour with Sam McEwen and Tom Chattel. So stay oh, tuned wow. for that. Well, yeah,
0: yeah that's gonna. This is gonna be every week right yeah. before our show. So we always, you always like a good lead in. Oh yeah. You know? If yeah, you're a absolutely. brand new sitcom, you always want Friends to be the lead in. <laughs> right. To that. Uh, so we're getting Tom Chattel and Sam McEwen to lead into this show. So we're very happy about that. It'll boost our ratings. We'll be on fire. That's right. In Fuego. Um, do you think before we go Bach, that Nebraska should just go to total rebuild mode it, I mean, how many more games are you going to need to see before you say, let's just go with the younger guys. Let's rebuild this thing and not try to rush anything. I mean, cause that was the, that was the point that, uh, Matt rule tried to make that, Hey, we want to win now because we have guys that can win now. Now it's looking less and less like that's, that's the case.
2: Well, I'd wait until you're at least not bull eligible. Again, I think this team still can. You know, I, I I'm I'm less of the sky is falling crowd, although I understand it because the sky is falling on the offense, and so I mean it, it's hard to have any answers there. But I I still think this is this is a team. This is a division where you can win a lot of games. You know, twenty to fourteen, twenty to seventeen, whatever that may be. And I I think that you can still do that. You're going to have to limit those turnovers, specifically at quarterback. I think you might. You might do that with Harburg, not so much to get younger, just so <laughs> that you have somebody uh, that doesn't turn the ball over as much. Um, and and we'll see. I I don't know if that's the case with those with Purdy or Harburg either. But it's going to be worth a shot if if you have you know two or three turnovers in the first three quarters from from Sims again against Northern Illinois. I don't see how you don't make that switch.
0: I think they should do a little of both. Try to rebuild, but also try to get young players ready. I mean. The only hope that they can win or get to a bowl game is that they find somebody, a wide receiver, who can make a play. There it's not just that Jeff Sims has been inaccurate and he has. Guys aren't really open. Yeah. In most cases, they're just not open. And I think some of that is that you just don't have guys that can get open. You don't have a Trey Palmer.
2: No. I mean Who caught a touchdown today, by the way?
0: Did he really? Yeah. Uh, Did you guys have him against the Vikings? I I missed it. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) I missed it. Well, I would celebrate that. The Vikings lost to uh, Tampa Bay, but my uh, fantasy team came back. Yeah. But – um, yeah, they don't have a Trey Palmer. They don't have no. – I mean, who's their best player
2: on offense? Well, and that was kind of the disappointment, too, is they did they did uh, find uh, find a way to get uh, Billy Kemp the ball this week. But the whole – you know, there's kind of this narrative, I guess, among some of the fan base that, well, Washington was out the first half of last week, made a difference the second half. Yeah. He came back in this game, just had one reception. So, I mean, they, they just – and again, that's my part of the problem with the offense and this, any, any sort of fix you have is I don't think they have – the skill position players, really yeah. for dynamic plays. Uh, and, and the one thing that I do wish they would do is use that running game to set up play action because that's how I think you can get right. some open players. They seem to, like, go to runs and then all of a sudden, like, let's just go four wide and definitely pass instead of, like, setting it up for a play action when you expect yeah. them to run. Yeah. Well,
0: um, it's a long season, unfortunately, and fortunately. Fortunately. I'm, <laughs> For- I'm, I won a I lot meant,
2: more games, yeah. I meant fortunately. <laughs> uh, and,
0: I, and I'm and i glad that you came up with the answer that you did. Be patient. You still could make a bowl game. It could happen. I mean, yeah, don't give up on the season yet. But there's got to be a balance, and there's got to be a decision made at quarterback, I think, within the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Maybe they, they have a solution to the Jeff Sims problem, and they can they can manage it and roll him out more or – you know, try to do more spread option type of, of attack. Uh, there might be solutions to that problem without completely giving up and just going to the next guy up. Hey, it's been a fun show. Thanks, Yeah, yeah thanks for having me. Uh, appreciate you doing it. Mike Melby will be back next week. It's Husker Rewind. Nebraska will have a game uh, this week, and then we'll talk about it. Hmm. And you, you won't be here, though. No. No. But hopefully you
2: won't be talking about
0: turnovers again. No. No. Um, but we'll, we'll be talking about uh, Husker football, and we'll do it next week. Jake Bakhoven, Tom Stevens, we are out. We'll see you next week.